0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Repotted It podcast presented by Rerouted. Rerouted is an online marketplace where people can buy and sell used outdoor gear. If you have gear to sell, please check out our app, the Rerouted app on the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. If you're shopping for gear, check us out online, rerouted.co. That's R E R O U T E D.co. If you like this show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, on to the Repot It Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Repot It, the Rerouted Podcast. My name is Brian Shoning. I am here, as I am often but not always with my co-host, Giles Ray. Giles, how's it going today, bud?
1: Doing well, doing well. Glad to be back.
0: Glad to be back. And uh, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. It's been a couple of weeks since we got to sit down on the, on the podcast like this. We've been focusing on some of our featured authors. If you guys missed any of those episodes, definitely go check them out a little bit earlier in the feed, but today we are going to do a little bit of a gear story, talk to Giles. It'll be a little bit longer than, you know, our, our other gear stories that were, you know, sometimes as, as short as two minutes or so we're, we're just going to talk for, for five or six minutes about, uh, one of Giles's particular favorite, uh, pairs of skis that he had. But before, before we get into that in particular, Giles, when I met you, for me, previously, ski gear had been whatever was in the garage, mm-hmm. whatever fit me at the time. And when I got to know you a bit better in high school, I, I realized that there was a little bit more to the, uh, the gear aspect of this hobby. Uh, yep. if you could elaborate.
1: Um, so I I'll preface this with, I suffered from what was really an undiagnosed gear addiction there for a while. Um, I, I love skiing, love everything about skiing. And one of the things I really love about skiing is how much you can tinker with and fine tune your gear for you, what you like to do. Um, and once I really started getting into that, I, I mean, I owned more pairs of skis through, I'm, I'm only 28 now. And so in the last 15 years, I've owned more pairs of skis than I could begin to count. I mean, I could probably count them. I remember them all very vividly. Um, and I would buy and sell used skis all the time, just kind of cycling through, trying to find something that really suited me best. You know, I'd get into one thing be like, ooh, I like this about it. You know, like I love the size. I love the way, it, you know, I love you know, that it floats really well, but I want something that's a little bit damper or a little bit turnier- for this aspect of my skiing and depending on kind of how I was feeling on a day could pick a pair of skis that might let me do one thing more than the other you know I love you know I love skis that go really really fast through a lot of stuff that maybe you shouldn't go really really fast through um you know but then also having a pair of skis that I could pick them say yep I can slow it down I can have you know I can take it a little bit easier on these they don't require me to be you know Full on in the driver's seat, like tuned in all day long. Um, did you
0: ever? Did you ever feel limited by whichever skis you chose at the beginning of the day? If maybe you and the group that you were with wanted to, you know, go to the park in the afternoon, but your skis weren't suited for it or anything like that.
1: Um, a little bit. I mean, you could. You know, I could always definitely make anything work. Um, but definitely in the early or you know in the late 2000s early 2010 skis were definitely very you know there was all was the heyday for specialized skis yeah i mean you had some really really great park skis and you had some really really great powder skis and the you know and the the all-mountain ski was kind of it was a thing but they weren't like they are now where like it was you know there was a point in time where i probably had six different pairs of skis that i would pick you know ride each one at least five days a year, um, constantly cycling them out. Now I probably, uh, I think I own one pair of skis that I actually ski all the time. Um, It helps that I've switched to Telly. But really it's more that, these all mountain skis can do everything. Yeah. I mean, you've got a pair of skis that floats really well in great powder, but also like isn't absolutely terrifying on a groomer. And it was never that, we ended up doing something different throughout the day than I thought it was always the conditions weren't what I thought. Um, I was, I was a big fan and still am a big fan of big fat powder skis. There's just something that is not quite like, there's nothing like an excessively fat powder ski out there skiing powder. Um, and I would definitely lean more towards that, and suffer the consequences of trying to take a ski that's 128 millimeters underfoot down a groomer and just holding on for dear life, having to like lean real far over just to get the ski up on edge. Because, you know, unlike most where the ski's about as wide as your boot, you see a lot of ski on either side of your boot, and it takes a lot, a lot more to get that thing laid over.
0: The first time. Now we'll get into get into your chopsticks because I know that they, you know, yeah. fall they fall into that category for sure. The first time mm-hmm. that I saw those skis, I thought they were like I, I they look more like snowboards almost. They look more like snowboards than they do skis. Mm-hmm. They're longer, they're long they're a little bit longer than a snowboard, but I remember the first time that I saw them, I was just baffled at how much ski was outside the binding.
1: Yeah. Um absolutely to this day, still my favorite pair of skis I've ever owned. Not the best at doing everything, but I've had more fun on those skis than anything else. Yeah, Do you still I mean, own they-
0: them? Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, I don't ski them as much, one because you know. My ability to like drop everything and take them out on a day that really, that they really shine on doesn't exist as much. Um, really fat skis are really hard on your knees and my knees are not as forgiving as they were um, when I was 17 years old and my body was basically elastic still. Um, so I'm definitely a little bit more, you know, and I also know they have a spe- you know certain amount of life left in them and I love them so much that I want to be able to like, always go back to those at some point um so i definitely don't lean towards those as much but i still have them love them for those who are unfamiliar with kind of like cult classic skis from the late 2000s they were a 128 underfoot fully rockered powder ski and yeah i mean similar to some of the other ones of about that time would have been like the K2 Hellbent and the Line EP Pro and just some of these other huge fat powder skis. What I loved about them is the rocker on them was not as aggressive as it was on a lot of those other, you know, true dedicated powder skis. Um you know, it had for the time what was a very subtle rocker, you know, and what we see nowadays It'd still be considered a little on the aggressive side, and they were also a lot stiffer, so that way it wasn't quite as sketchy as flying down the hill on like a K2 Hellbent, where you can hear the ski just going flap, 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 flap as you're riding down the hill because they were so soft that they just it was just two noodles under your feet, two really, really, really wide egg noodles. Um. But yeah, so I got those, that was like right when I was really starting to kind of like expand, like I had found a ski that I could ski every day, but wanted to like expand the quiver of skis to be like, oh, I want a ski that's really good at this or a ski that's really good at that. Um, and it was funny. I actually got those skis at the time I was doing a lot of like, you know, weekend labor work for one of our teachers. Um, and I helped her re-insulate her entire house. And the last day as we were like wrapping up the project, I ended up working like a 10 hour day or a 12 hour day um, just re like putting up insulation throughout her entire house um, and ended up taking all the money I got from that project and immediately going to a guy found on Craigslist who was selling those skis giving him all of the money I had made and it was easily the best decision I ever made as far as skis go I've never been as happy with a pair of skis as I was with those
0: So, you did not like stumble into them? Had you been looking for them for a while and then Um, had to figure out a way to make the money?
1: Sort of like I knew I wanted a fat pair of powder skis. Uh, Our buddy Dan, who has been on this podcast, had just gotten a pair of really fat powder skis and uh, he had gotten them like during the summer. And then we had a really like freak crazy snowstorm where it dumped, I want to say six feet. Over the course of like four days, two weeks before Thanksgiving, so we had this insane early season pow like powder weekend. Um, like we had a bunch of buddies who went up on Saturday. We couldn't make it up Saturday for whatever reason, but we went up on Sunday, and it was nuts. And I was out there on like my old mountain skis, which were a great ski. Um, but he was on his powder skis, and like the whole day, I was jealous, like ugly jealous. Um. And I was like, I need myself a pair of those because he had more fun than I've ever seen anyone have on a pair of skis that day. Um, and I was like constantly searching Craigslist and, um, the TGR forums at the time, which I was like really plugged into looking for something. Um, I knew those were like something I was definitely interested in because they were a little bit stiffer and I knew I liked a stiffer ski and did but really, I just stumbled across and was like, I need to scrape together the dough for this. And like, started emailing him, and was like counting how much I had. I was like, All right, how much do I have to go make to be able to like scrape together the 550 bucks that I need to pick these skis up off this guy? Um, and barely scraped together, like, literally, I think I made 550 bucks and took like that wad of cash and went straight over there the next day. Um, like, I had been emailing him, I was like, I want them. I'm like, i'll have the money for you in like two days and um i was like i really hope that i actually have this money um and i was like starting to look up like what organs can i donate for money
0: no you weren't um i you don't to have to it. exaggerate
1: i was thinking about it <laughs> wouldn't be the first time i looked that up um but yeah you so were like I- 15 trying to try to sell your organs before you're 15 g yeah well no one ever said i was smart at 15
0: no we did not no no one ever did any any final thoughts on the chopsticks before we wrap wrap up here i i told you i'd have you out of here by right now actually uh no
1: now now that you've just brought this up i know i need to go get back out on them at some point soon i'm hoping we get one more good snowstorm because i don't think i've i don't think i've ridden them in like two or three years just because reasons um, if
0: we've uh, if we've got them handy i i would love to take a picture of you with them to post on our uh, on our social media to go up with this episode
1: yeah so. absolutely i'll pull them out of the shed this weekend
0: all right sounds good boss we will talk to you later thanks to everyone for listening that has been a skiing gear story with giles ray on the Repotit it podcast if you are looking for gear check us out at rerouted.co if you have gear to sell check out the app the rerouted app also leave us a leave us a rating and review on spotify or apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts thanks everyone for listening have an awesome day